This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Close the Hatch is a doom post-metal band from Dayton, Ohio. If you're a fan of doomy riffs and ethereal atmospheric vibes, you'll want to check out Close the Hatch. For music, merch, and tour dates, go to closethehatch.com. And you can find them on social media at Close the Hatch. Close the Hatch is a proud sponsor and patron of Necronomapod. Now that we've discussed the story of the Zodiac Killer's murders and the letters he sent to the press and the police, today we'll look at the prime suspects investigated by police as possibly being the Zodiac Killer. We'll look at the evidence for and against each of them, and we'll provide our own thoughts on who we think the Zodiac Killer might be. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought Zodiac Part 1 was terrifying, stick around. Part 2 is going to be... Oh, how the fuck do I know how this is going to be? Just crack a beer and start listening. This is Necronomapod. Andrea Borba joins us from the newsroom with the decades-old evidence getting new attention tonight. Andrea? Well, Ken Elizabeth, the Zodiac Killer, was responsible for at least five murders in the late 60s and early 70s. Tonight, the case that was considered all but unsolvable may have new legs. The Zodiac Killer, whose killing spree and ciphers around the Bay Area draw worldwide attention to this day, may be weeks away from being unmasked. The Sacramento Bee reports that Vallejo police have submitted letters and envelopes from the Zodiac Killer to a private lab to obtain a DNA profile. The hope that those envelopes he licked closed years ago might be the final piece to crack the case. Fuck one. Marry one, kill one. Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp, George Clooney. Interesting. You guys are deep in thought. <laughs> wasn't expecting that. No, I wasn't either. It's your signature game, though. No, I love this game. <laughs> I love throwing out these curveballs at you guys. Mm-hmm. I love throwing out these balls at you guys. And just so everybody knows, this is something that we've done for a long time. Just hanging out before oh, yeah, the podcast. We used, to, we used to do this all the time. Yeah, we would just spend hours a, playing this game. Drink a shit ton of beers and just yeah. come Guys up with, and girls yeah. and all the fun stuff. What if we could do a sub show of just this? We could ob- absolutely do it. That'd be fun. We, Let's not change the subject, boys. You have <laughs> Brad Pitt, Johnny, some more time to Johnny Depp, and George Clooney. You can fuck one, you can marry one, and you got to kill one. I am ready to answer your question. Yeah, so am I. I got mine. Well, whoever wants to go. You can go. I will kill Johnny Depp because I'm not a big fan. Okay. I will F Brad Pitt. Okay. And then I will marry George Clooney because he seems like he uh, has a pretty entertaining life. Okay. Um, same thing. That's a sweep because I'm the same as well. Damn. That's the first time I think ever we've swept. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Johnny Depp's a little weird kooky. Looks like he might smell a little bit. Fuck him. He just doesn't seem like he'd be very fun to hang out no, with. No, Brad Pitt is a gorgeous man. If you're going to bang one of them, I'm going to bang Brad Pitt. And George Clooney just seems like a cool dude. I want to marry exactly him. Exactly right. I want to yeah. spend my days with George Clooney. He's got a cool villa in, uh, 
in Italy and stuff, we could hang out on the boat. See? 100%. Yeah. Oh, man, I was hoping for some controversy. Well, the next one I made with intent to try to, like, drive Dave almost suicidal Come here with on, his thoughts. Man. <laughs> we'll see. I, maybe I, I, maybe mm. I underestimated, but we'll see. All right. Ian, I don't think you'll have to use your Google machine. All right, good. Dave, you can fuck one, marry one, and kill one. <laughs> Ian, also you. <laughs> Nicki Minaj, Rihanna, and Megan Good. Oh, my God. Well, I got to look up who Megan Good is. Hold on. Oh, prepare for a feast of the eyeballs, my friend. Nicki Minaj, Rihanna, and Megan Good. F, Mary kill. I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got I got mine. Go I'm ahead. Already. Um, kill Nicki Minaj. F, Megan Good, and marry Rihanna. Okay. You have to marry Rihanna. That's not even... Why? Just... You're not going to love my answer. I think Rihanna is gorgeous. I mean, if you're into, In my if you're into aliens, which you are. <laughs> I'll go next since Dave needs time. I'm killing Rihanna. I'm effing Nicki Minaj, and I'm marrying Megan Good. What did you... You, you effed Megan Good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just switched the... Well, I guess we switched all of them. We were not yeah. the same in any of them. <laughs> Dave is struggling. All right, we'll get to his at the end of the show. <clears throat> as much as it pains me to say this, I'm going to have to kill Nicki Minaj. I can't even believe I'm oh saying Oh, my this. gosh. Effing Rihanna. Of course I'm marrying Megan Good. I don't mm. disagree with that. She's fine as Stunning. Wine. She's smoking hot. I don't like that you made me kill Nicki Minaj, though. <laughs> I actually would have thought I was going to guess that I knew you loved Megan Good. I would have guessed you would have killed Rihanna. I thought you were going to have the same as me. I could have went either way on that one. Yeah, Nicki and Minaj only- seems like she'd be a little freakier, but you killed her, so. Well, I could have went either way on that one. I had- <laughs> He's going to be sleeping. I'm tortured. I'm going to have He's tortured gonna- dreams tonight. Now <laughs> He's going to be calling ghost to ghost <laughs> next year. I woke up and I saw the, the the ghost of Nicki Minaj, and she was <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> Oh man! I think in almost any sen- scenario with women celebrities, I would probably marry Rihanna almost every time. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that it was like one of your top uh, yeah. chicks. Yeah. All right. Well, good to know. I'm going to remember that for future. I'm going to like compile, like make it hard for me. Quietly compile a list of like your three favorites and throw them at you like I did Dave, and then he's going to be like kicking himself all show that he killed Nicki Minaj. Rihanna's good and all, but she's no Megan good. Boom. Megan Good is Megan Great. <laughs> Wasn't that funny, guys? So I'm, anyway. I'm laughing at Ian, laughing at you. <laughs> he about spit, his, spit up over there. Oh, so last week we covered the story of the Zodiac, his killings, his alleged killings, his suspected killings, and mm-hmm. all the... Um, the um, ciphers and the letters and the cards he sent to the media and the police. Yep. Today's episode is going to be focused solely on the suspects. Right. And there's there is a bunch of sub suspects. There's a and there's a bunch that aren't even in the outline. I just went through which ones are out there the most. Um, Leading suspects, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So let's let's jump right into it. The first guy, his name is Lawrence Kane. He worked at the same Lake Tahoe hotel as Donna Lass, who disappeared in 1970 and was linked to a postcard that the Zodiac sent. And if we remember, that's the one where it said uh, uh, it alluded to a 12th victim. Right. And it was from this 
the uh, the hotel that she worked at. Where he kept upping the count, SFPD, zero. Right. Yeah, he was, like, keeping score. Yeah. And if I think, if I remember correctly, it said, like, sought victim 12 or something mm-hmm. on there. So this guy worked at that same hotel. Um, he served in the Naval Reserves where he might have learned coding that would have uh, went along with the how the ciphers were were written and in 1962 he had a car accident that left him with a brain injury that has been that people have used to explain later troubles with the law that he had because he seemed like a pretty straight arrow guy until he got in his car wreck and I mean, there's tons of stories out there about when people get a real bad head injury they just kind of like knock something loose or they start speaking uh chinese yeah. I don't know. <laughs> or, you, you know, you go really crazy and you kill Nicki Minaj in an F. Mary Taylor. <laughs> don't people have traumatic brain injuries and they, they learn, like, crazy math skills they didn't have before or foreign languages? I mean, I've they heard of that. Heard I didn't know that? if that was actually, was that proven true? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know I that, there's, that there's cases where it's like people, because you can have, like, um, I've seen studies where you can have, like, the brain chemistry for schizophrenia or bipolar mm. disorder just sitting there and then you get hit in the head and next thing you know it like exposes it and so also interesting yeah so what were this guy's later crimes that so he was arrested in 62 for uh peeping which i would assume is just look you know looking in the window at girls and then stalking a that's woman a crime looking in the window <laughs> at <girls>. shit <laughs> only if they catch you am i right <laughs> Guys, I might be going away for a little while. <laughs> I, that, that crime is really strange. Why? Well, I, I don't understand what you really get out of that. Peeping? Just, yeah, just looking in the window. I mean, I guess the thrill, whatever. The thrill, but like the excitement of like you're not supposed to be doing it, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Or if you see them changing or like yeah. fucking or something. Depends what you're doing with your peeper while you're peeping. I guess that's true, too. Yeah. It's just a strange. But does that make a di- I mean, that probably adds a crime. So is it illegal just to look in someone's window? 100%. Yes. Even if you're standing on the sidewalk. <laughs> Even if you're standing on the sidewalk, though. Well, no. No. So, like, you have to be on their property yeah. peeking in the window. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're, you but, know, performing, like, a sexual act on yourself or not. No, you would but, be. I promise I'm not asking for clarification no, I know, I know for not. myself. But you're going to catch a menacing charge if you stand on someone's sidewalk and just stare at their house all day. I mean, yeah, I mean, none of probably, it's all right. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> We're off to a great start here. <laughs> Moving on. He he was so and he was also arrested for stalking a woman in nineteen sixty eight. Darlene Farron, who was a victim of the Zodiac, her sister, her name was Linda, also identified a photo of Lawrence Kane as a man who had been harassing them in a restaurant that they were eating at. So he's in Lake Tahoe. Next with, to one victim, and then he's they're placing him back in Vallejo at a restaurant with another victim. Right, harassing this uh, Darlene Farron and her sister. Well, right, Lawrence Kane, highly suspicious, very suspicious. A retired police detective investigating the case in the 1980s claimed that Lawrence Kane's name was um, embedded in one of the Zodiac ciphers. A San Francisco police officer who probably saw the Zodiac right after Paul Stein's taxi murder. Because remember, that's the one where uh, he wrote the letter afterwards saying, like, you know, you guys thought it was a black guy. Yeah, and he walked right by him. Right. That police officer said that 
Lawrence Kane's photo was closer to any other likeness to anybody that night that he had seen. And then Kathleen Johns, who escaped from a man that was believed to be the Zodiac in Modesto in 1970, also identified Lawrence Kane as the abductor. And that's the one with her and her baby. And they jumped out of the car. Right. And presumably she spent more time with them than anyone else. They were right. driving around. And she and was, you know, he was talking to her and, and threatening her. he didn't have a mask on or anything. That's right. a lot of uh, witnesses and evidence. Yeah. There's nothing ruling. There's nothing solid ruling ruling him out as a as a suspect. So what ruled him in in the first place? What all this them? circumstantial witness. So where did this go then with him? Was it part of the actual investigation? Or is this just some side, you know, sleuth trying to come up with all plausible? of these guys are slot or most of these people are like side things. There's only one guy we'll get to in a little bit here that was actually really like served a warrant. Oh, and so I guess like that's, that. that's probably important for us to point out then is these, these are just theories then that have come up since none of these people were actually investigated. Yeah. To the point of getting a warrant or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. But it must've been investigated at least to some point if they're showing people photos. Uh, yeah. So, but then right. I'm wondering why would they not follow up on that? It's a good question. I and mean, if the victim's sister picked him, you know, identified a photo of him, then, Somebody was showing. This isn't Kane from uh, WWE, is it? I wish. His real name's Glenn Jacobs, and he's the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Six foot ten mayor. <laughs> well, the other I believe pro- he's a libertarian. <laughs> the other the other problem with Lawrence Kane too is he's dead. He died in two thousand ten. So and that's gonna be and another I think that's running a theme, theme. Yeah, most of these Well, fifty years ago. Most of these people like Nicki Minaj are dead. <laughs> I'm really feeling the pain. That is that not one. me saying Nicki Minaj is dead or that I want her to be dead. I would not rule that because me gusta. I was watching a live Instagram feed from Nicki Minaj <laughs> yesterday. I feel bad now. <laughs> I just I saw a movie recently with, that she was in with Cameron Diaz. The fuck was that movie? Anyways, Nicki Minaj was hilarious. She was really good hmm. in that. Yeah, I don't know. She's got a future in the acting business. Stick with it, kid. You might get famous one day. <laughs> We'll let her know. We'll pass along that. Yeah. Uh, I'll pass along that. that from a podcast superstar like myself. <laughs> well, this is a pretty solid uh, a lot piece of, of circumstantial yeah. accumulated evidence here. Yeah, there's a lot of circumstantial pointing to. And I mean, if you look at the the picture of him, he looks like the guy. He looked like the like the sketch. Hmm. What would uh, Vince McMahon say right here, Ian? It's gotta be. That's gotta be Kane. That's gonna be Kane. I was confused for a second. <laughs> you could take that out if that's not good. Just, no one's gonna oh, get that's that. Good. No one's gonna. Okay. <laughs> then we'll move to the next guy. His name is uh, is Ross Sullivan. The 1966 murder of Sherry Joe Bates in Riverside had many similarities to the Zodiac killing. That was the one that was linked in 1969 from one of the Zodiac's communications where he said, where he brought up Riverside. Yep. Staffers at the Riverside College Library near where Bates' body was found said Ross Sullivan had made them uncomfortable and disappeared for several days after the murder. Sullivan also wore his hair in a crew cut and had glasses similar to the composite sketch of the Zodiac. He had moved to Northern California in 1967 and was hospitalized several times for bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. 
he also wore an army jacket and military style boots like the ones that left footprints at the Lake Berryessa stabbings. People who have researched and studied Zodiac letters note references to the opera of the Mikado by Gilbert and Sullivan, which could be a reference to Solomon's name. He does, There's no solid evidence ruling him out as a suspect, but there's nothing great linking him to it either. I think the Sullivan reference is a stretch. It's a That's stretch. a real big stretch. Yeah. But Ross kind of sounds like a serial killer name. I don't know. Yeah. Is it short for what? Like Rossington or Ro- Roswell? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think the name Ross could be serial killer. Is Ross short for something or is it just Ross? I don't know. I'm asking. I, I think it's just Ross. <laughs> you know the other thing that's kind of through some of this stuff is they they point out like bipolar disorder and schizophrenia like the, you're not those aren't violent things mm-hmm. you know but back then oh yeah you know that that was like a go-to but generally statistically they're not violent um violent disorders but so he moved to northern california in 67 i mean are there any or corroborating eyewitness accounts like the last guy putting him in direct contact with any of the Vallejo no victims. it just sounds like he was creeping people out at yeah. the library and uh Sherry Joe Bates was killed there, but eh, it's light on facts. That one, yeah, that one's not great. But again, doesn't have any solid evidence ruling him out. His name's Ross, though. His name's. I guess. <laughs> I guess we're going with that. <laughs> this next guy is like the. Um, he's the one that you see that I, at least I saw the most when mm-hmm. looking in the stuff. This guy's name is Arthur Lee Allen. He was considered the prime suspect in Robert Graysmith's book. Um, or in Robert Graysmith's books, one of which was the basis of the 2007 movie Zodiac. Allen was questioned by the police in 1969 and again in 1971 after a a friend told authorities that Allen had talked about wanting to kill people and used a pencil flashlight attached to his gun like the Zodiac did. And I thought he said he would call himself the Zodiac. Yeah. That was in the movie. That might have been a little embellishment, but... The the movie did embellish a lot. Yeah. That kind of twisted things up. Alan wore a Zodiac brand watch and owned the same caliber gun used in one of the Zodiac shootings. And they did find bloody knives in his car, but he said that they were used for killing chickens. And the Zod- I didn't even know that that was like a brand of watch, but it, the face of his watch had the circle crosshair symbol on it. Yeah, I mean, you know... <laughs> It's circumstantial. It's there's a lot of tie-ins with this guy. And the, you know, unfortunately, there's no DNA evidence back mm. then with these bloody knives. That they could have been like, "Yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna yeah, take, we'll take those." You yeah. um, one of your chicken knives, right? He was dishonorably discharged from the Navy and had been fired from his job as a school teacher due to sexual misconduct allegations. And he was also ambidextrous, which some theorists say could have helped him in disguising his handwriting. Which I maybe I don't know. I don't know if you're ambidextrous if it's different or that was a well, major. I guess it would look different from either hand, right? Yeah, that was a big plot point in the movie. Whether you, you know if he's writing with his left hand, if that would confuse the handwriting analysis guys. Yeah, I'm not convinced of the whole handwriting analysis thing to begin with, though. Like their whole thing was that you can't your handwriting style you learn when you're like five or six, and you never you can't ever change it. You yeah, can I don't change how that. you write. I don't believe but in that. The basic structure of how you form letters doesn't change. I don't buy that. I think there's some things you like... You can easily um, change the way you write a letter. Like, yeah, I can I, write a T 
upside down and backwards. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. I getting can that. write a B like where I make a circle and then put a line down. You know what I mean? Like I've seen some things where people have um, where they've linked people with like habits they have. Yeah. Like somebody will write like a whole paragraph in. They'll use proper punctuation the whole time through, but then the last sentence they'll never put a period on it. Hmm. They'll like go through and be like, okay, this person has been doing this habit for years. It's pretty unique. That's it's, interesting. It's circumstantial. Yeah. It's not going to like crack the case or anything, but mm. yeah, those kind of things I think are interesting. Like those habit type of things. Yeah. I, that's, that's fascinating. But yeah, I agree. You could just flip your handwriting, you know, I would think, right. Yeah, I would think so. That. I would think you can cha- you can disguise your handwriting pretty easily. You know, we talk about these eyewitness accounts too. I think those have been proven like over time that those are probably the least very not not great. Yeah, like people just misremember things and they want to believe yeah. that that's the right person. Like and, from the people we've already discussed, you're talking about. Yeah, even? when they say they they picked his photo out. And yeah, like those huh. are just unreliable yeah. accounts. Well, the thing we'll see too with a lot of these guys is that. Yeah, they match the the description, but tons of guys at this during the '60s had a crew cut and dark frame glasses. Yeah, like every other guy. Yeah, it wasn't like you were that, or you had a hippie hair, or you had this haircut, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You weren't. Uh, there wasn't much for individuality, yeah. I guess. So, police investigated Allen again in 1991 after an informant facing armed robbery charges said that Allen had boasted to him about killing a cab driver. At that point, Michael Majot, who survived the, uh, one of the Vallejo attacks, identified a photo of Allen as the shooter. In the 2007 movie, victim Darlene Farron's sister Linda also identified a photo of Allen as the man she said that stalked her sister. And according to the film, police were closing in when Allen died. We already know that that is not accurate from the movie because Darlene Farron's sister identified Lawrence Kane as the guy so the movie was not accurate in that yeah hmm. they also you referenced mean, in the movie that this guy lived at one time like 50 yards from Darlene's house like I think that was yeah that was not, as well yeah you saying Hollywood changed things to make a story better <laughs> <laughs> and there's a quote from this one uh, police officer said quote Alan seems like a good suspect as long as you only get information from people who think he's guilty hmm God damn. Yeah. Alan didn't match any witness descriptions of the Zodiac. His fingerprints didn't match those found in Paul Stein's cab that were believed to be the Zodiacs. His palm print didn't match the one um, that was lifted from one of the Zodiac letters. And his DNA didn't match a partial DNA profile that was created in 2002 from saliva on an envelope believed to be from the Zodiac. I know that DNA sample is disputed as to how good it really is, but he didn't match it. Those don't necessarily prove anything, though. That his fingerprints didn't match or anything? Yeah, like in the book they talked about maybe it was the first cop on the scene that could have touched the body and created those prints. Yeah, those aren't confirmed prints or anything. Yeah, or the... The letter print, I mean, it went through the, what, the mail room at the Chronicle yeah. and stuff. So, like, all three of those could have been corrupted pieces of evidence. Yeah. And there's no, like, um, there's not multiple fingerprints from different letters that are, like, the same fingerprint. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That they can go right. off of. Two searches of Alan's home found no incriminating evidence. 
Uh, and the police had Sam, they took samples of his right and left handwriting and neither of them matched the Zodiacs. This guy doesn't sound very likely. No. And like, like we just said, the movie said that or had it that Darlene Farron's sister ID'd him. That's not true. She ID'd Lawrence Kane in real life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then the police considered Michael Mageau's photo ID to be weak, that they didn't really put a lot of uh, stock into that. Mm. Alan died in, Died of a heart attack in 1992. So, I mean, the movie went hard pointing to this guy. Absolutely, is yeah. That's been a guy. From what I was looking online, that was a big criticism of this um, Robert Graysmith that wrote this book. Is that he's kind of an asshole, Mm. like going hard on this guy for really something that he just thought and that the police didn't really think. Well, goddamn, yeah, yeah, that. That was in the move representing the movie Majot, I photo IDing him as like a you know a crescendo. Oh, this is the guy he just ID'd him. Yeah, like he came back out of uh, seclusion after it was <laughs> right. like 10, 15 years later. That's definitely him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look anything like the composite sketch. Sketch the, the composite sketch at all. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Well, now what do we do? <laughs> I thought from the movie this was the guy. Now, now, now I don't know what to do. We're gonna throw I don't know what to think. We're going to throw some more at you, Dave, and see what sticks. Richard Marshall. Uh, this guy was a ham radio operator and a movie projectionist that lived in Riverside in 1966. And then later in San Francisco, near where Paul Stein was murdered. Vis- Art, Art Bell was a big ham radio guy. Yeah. Yep. He did ads for them, didn't he? For ham radios? Yeah. Ham radio is like the like amateur radio. Like amateur like radio. Like you see the guys with the special license plate driving around with the big antennas on the roof of their cars yeah. with their call sign. One of those episodes I listened to on the uh, the coast to coast thing, he was doing some ad for like some kind of ham radio. Huh? He's big into. Yeah. You can only do so much with those before you get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Have you been there before? What? Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know the damn first thing about AM radios. But I know if like you're talking about the wrong shit on there, you can get yourself in trouble yeah, with the sense. FCC and whatever. You can also talk to people in China and shit, though. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Can't yeah, talk on a radio, can't look in windows. What the fuck can you do anymore? <laughs> it's not my country. Probably can't even spit on the sidewalk. It's probably illegal. <laughs> Next thing you know, I can't piss on a tree. <laughs> so... Visitors that went to this guy's house told police that they found him peculiar and that he talked about finding, quote, something much more exciting than sex. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Marshall also liked the liked old movies, including The Red Phantom, which was mentioned in the in one of the 1974 Zodiac letters. Poor guy just likes a movie. All of a sudden he's a suspect in a uh, crime. <laughs> yeah. He lived in a basement apartment, which the Zodiac also cited. In the letter? That he lived it, in the basement? In one of the letters that he lived in a, in a basement. Hmm. He owned a typewriter and a teletype similar to those that the Zodiac used. In a 1989 TV interview, Marshall conceded that there were many similarities but denied being the Zodiac. And Napa County Sheriff's Detective Ken Narlo who pursued the case for decades, said, quote, Marshall makes good reading, but not a very good suspect in my estimation. And Richard Marshall died in a nursing home in 2008. Hmm. He just sounds like a strange dude. 
Yeah. That people are like, hey, that's that must be the Zodiac. <laughs> this poor guy's guy. A just a weirdo living his life. <laughs> yeah. You could probably just pluck random people out of that county and, and you know, sure. come up with pieces just, of circumstances. Yeah, attach your like own this. rope to him. Be like, well, the, because he did this, this yeah. must be. What's like the Son of Sam thing from around this time? How many stories of people that owned a, what did Son of Sam use, a 44? The 45 Bulldog. Yeah. That people 44 bulldogs. Yeah, that's right. And they were just attacking them on the streets. <laughs> like, that the guy's fuck got out a of these 44 caliber. That must be him. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then the next one we have is Richard Gaikowski. Um, he edited a counterculture newspaper in San Francisco. And a former co-worker sent, sent long rambling letters to law enforcement agencies accusing this Richard Gaikowski of being the Zodiac and said that that he invited him to commit violent acts together. <laughs> Let's go murder. <laughs> this accuser went by the nickname Goldcatcher and appeared in disguise on an episode of History Channel's Mystery Quest in 2009 and provided recordings of Gaikowski's voice. On the show, a police dispatcher who spoke to, to the Zodiac said she thought it was the same voice. Uh, researcher Tom Voigt also noted that that Gyke, G-Y-K-E, appears in a part of a Zodiac cipher said to contain his identity. Like that undeciphered part at the end? Yeah. Hmm. This gold catcher person was known as a conspiracy theorist with little credibility and was described by San Francisco police, one of the San Francisco police inspectors as, quote, one of three top Zodiac kooks. <laughs> Who were the other two? Robert Graysmith and uh, yeah. <laughs> the Zodiac himself. Kooks. I like that word. When Ken Narlo, uh, that Napa detective, interviewed Gaikowski, the journalist claimed he was out of the country at the time of the 1968 murders on Lake Herman Road, but had lost his passport. San Francisco and Napa police denied requests to compare a DNA sample from Gaikowski with the Zodiacs, and he died in 2004. So they, there's a the theme going. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like they were like, hey, you know what? This guy is not even a suspect mm-hmm. in our minds. So we're not going to spend the money on, on testing this. Did we ever unmask Goldcatcher? Do we know who he is? <laughs> I could not find who Goldcatcher <laughs> is. Interesting. Goldcatcher does sound kind of like a. A coop that got himself onto uh, Mystery Quest. Yeah, <laughs> Mystery Quest. <laughs> I'm Goldcatcher. <laughs> well, I guess Goldcatcher had the last laugh. He outlived uh, Gaikowski. Yeah, I wonder if Goldquest or what the fuck's his name? Goldquester. Goldcatcher. <laughs> Goldquester. <laughs> now we're just fucking everything up. Goldquester. Goldcatcher. Gaikowski. Kooks. Catcher. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. If you haven't already, check out Necronomapod on CastBox, a top podcast app on iOS and Android with more than 28 million users worldwide. CastBox has a brand new way to find content you'll love. Just enter a keyword or phrase and the app searches the show titles and transcripts of every single episode to deliver exactly what you're looking for. Download CastBox today and see for yourself.
this one was this was one I knew coming in off of this too. Aside from uh, Arthur Allen, mm-hmm. so the next one is Earl Van Best Jr. In his 2014 book, The Most Dangerous Animal of All, Gary Stewart made the case that his biological father, Earl Van Best Jr., was the Zodiac. Stewart said his father uh, resembled the composite sketch of the Zodiac, lived in California at the time of the killings, was interested in ciphers, knew a Satanist and a Manson family member, and liked Gilbert and Sullivan. (laughs) That's a long stretch of uh, interesting facts. Van Best also served time in prison for statutory rape of Stewart's mother and may have held a grudge against San Francisco Chronicle reporter Paul Avery, who wrote a series of articles about this whole uh, statutory rape thing. Did he dislike his father? I don't know. I don't know if there was something personal there or hmm. or, or what exactly, why he wrote articles yeah. about it. Stewart claimed to have found his father's initials in the Zodiac ciphers, and a document examiner said that the handwriting on Best's marriage certificate matched the Zodiacs. Although their fingerprints didn't match, a mark that could have been a scar was visible in Earl and Van Best that were also found in the in Stein's cab. So the one that was found in the taxi murder had a scar on the finger, and they're saying that this Earl... Van Best guy also Could had a scar. Yeah, this guy's book got a ton of publicity, but experts dismissed most of its claim. The method he used to crack the cipher is questionable. The fingerprint mark was similar to the Zodiac's, only if it was reversed. And the handwriting on the marriage certificate was the minister's. It was not his <laughs> father's. <laughs> this motherfucker's just trying to sell some books. Yeah, and his dad died in this 1984. Poor, poor Earl Van Best. <laughs> Lived probably a very innocent life, and here we are 20 years later, 30 years later, and this guy's being brought up on possibly being the Zodiac Killer. Based on literally nothing. Based on his fucking shithead of a son. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get a payday. Yeah, you just took apart all the evidence in like 10 seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Was he, he must have been adopted or something. He doesn't even have the same last name. He said, I said biological yeah, father, so, so I don't know if it's like, yeah, if he was adopted. Or, going on in here. Yeah. So that's all nothing. That's not, that's not even that's real. It's a big stinking no no. Yeah. He wrote a whole book about it, too. Yeah. You got a lot. That's you one that I knew coming that. in. Did you read that book? No. no. But this is, I knew of this guy coming off because of coming that. into yeah. this because of that book. We should just write a book and just make up someone and write it as this is the person and we'll just put Zodiac all over it and it'd fucking sell. How many cults have we done? And especially teaser for next week. You just say whatever the fuck you want. Someone will buy it. You make money. Yeah. <laughs> just man. say whatever you want. What if anyone will pick up on what you just teased? <laughs> you just say whatever you want, man. And I mean, I think we could reasonably call ourselves subject matter experts on a lot of this stuff at this point, correct? Well, I considered myself that before I started this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> just wait till Ted Bundy. I'll just run the whole show. <laughs> Is it that guy from Mississippi? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Born and raised in Jackson. But we'll get into that. So this this is another book from a guy claiming that his his stepfather was a Zodiac. I sense a pattern here. Yeah. So this suspect's name is uh, Jack Terrence. Dennis Kaufman also received a lot of publicity claiming that his late stepfather, Jack Terrence, was a Zodiac. Kaufman said that Terrence looked exactly like the composite sketch and claimed to have a stash of incriminating evidence 
including a roll of film depicting possible victims and a bizarre hooded costume like the one that Zodiac wore during the Lake Berryessa stabbings. On a 2007 Discovery Channel documentary, a document examiner said Terrence's uh, handwriting matched the Zodiacs. <laughs> I feel like these people just say whatever they want to say on TV. Yeah, exactly. This is guy, you can just say whatever you want, and you're good to go. I'm a handwriting analyst. analyst. Based on what? No. <laughs> I just I said my research. I compared like them. They look the same Bundy. to me. I'm a self-proclaimed Ted Bundy expert. Based on what? <laughs> I said so. <laughs> my um, friend Ian knows a lot about him, so I'm just, I assume I know a lot about him as well. There you go. Osmosis. Boom, roasted. <laughs> Fuck you, Dr. Phil. Next question. <laughs> Law enforcement dismissed Kaufman's evidence as just complete nonsense. One photo showed a blob of color that he claimed was the Black Dahlia victim, Elizabeth Short. Oh, that's right. This is the guy that thinks he killed the Black Dahlia, too. Yeah, this guy's just... uh, Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. The hooded costume Kaufman produced was much cruder than what the victims described. Like, it was just real shitty. Researchers also challenged the document examiner's credibility. Oh, you don't say. Because she believed that Terrence had also written the John Monet Ramsey ransom note. <laughs> this guy's all over the place. <laughs> so, um, and this guy, he, Terrence, he died in 2006. So his name was just getting dragged through the dirt. So Don't think it's him. No. Nope. <laughs> What evidence do you have to support that idea? <laughs> well, he hand wrote the JonBenet Ramsey ransom note. <laughs> Another future episode. Oh, yeah, for Hinting sure. Hinting at that. She's been on the schedule. That story's been on the schedule a couple times. Yeah, she's she keeps getting off. bumped. Yeah. yeah. And the next guy we're going to get to, is his name is Donald Lee Bujok. The hooded man who escaped the the couple at Lake Berryessa said that um, he had just escaped from prison in Montana, according to Ryan Hartnell, who survived the attack. So that that's the one where the where he gave that whole kind of uh, BTK line in the beginning. Said, "I just escaped from prison. I just need yeah. to." So Brian Hartnell said specifically, this guy said he escaped from a prison in Montana. Even that's questionable, though, because the guy on the cop on scene said that they said Colorado, right? Right. Yeah. This is like the like you said, eyewitness accounts. Mm-hmm. Things get foggy. Yeah, I don't know what I remember after I just got stabbed in the back five, <laughs> six <laughs> times. You know, right? Researcher Kevin Robert Brooks developed a lengthy circumstantial case implicating Donald Lee Bujok, who was released in 1968 from Montana's Deer Lodge Penitentiary after serving 11 years of a life sentence for killing a sheriff's deputy. Which I you, thought that was a little strange that you get out from killing yeah, a cop say, after 11, 11 years. years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. Good behavior. Yeah. According to Brooks, a uh, fellow inmate said Donald Lee had talked about killing people to make them slaves in the afterlife, which was a big theme in the Zodiac letters. I do recall that. Yeah. Yeah. You got those uh, memorized. Yeah. I had to read those over and over and over <laughs> and over. People loved it, though. No, I don't think they did. Zodiac Mike, I think people loved. Yeah. Me. I didn't love this. In my normal voice, stumbling over <laughs> words. There was no character there. That was legitimately me sweating, <laughs> trying to put together functional sentences. Brooks claimed that the Halloween card sent to reporter Paul Avery depicted harsh conditions at the prison and that the, the quote, boo on the inside referenced Bujok's name. All right. I don't, I, I don't look at that card and think harsh prison conditions. I just, eh. 
but whatever. Donald Lee had been discharged from the army for mental health reasons, and Brooks alleged that the markings on some Zodiac envelopes spelled out, Zodiac is a veteran with 4F. Which is the, what, dishonorable discharge code? Yeah. Or the mental health discharge code? Right. Is that what that is? I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. I think I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. People get a 4F. Brooks also speculated that the Zodiac signature crosshair circle symbol was inspired by the helicopter landing pad at Fort Odd, California, where Donald Lee had been stationed. We're really stretching. This guy guy might be the first or second Zodiac kook to go along with. <laughs> so where did this where did this Brooks guy come from? This what's it what's he called? A researcher, Kevin Robert Brooks. This I'm technically a researcher. Yeah. <laughs> anyone's a researcher. Uh, I could be a researcher for something. Donald Lee's fingerprints did not match those to be, those believed to be the Zodiacs. A park ranger at Lake Berryessa claimed that Hartnell said that the prison was in Colorado, not Montana, like you said. Donnelly was released just three days before the Zodiac's Lake Herman Road killings. Some researchers think that he would have difficulty traveling across three states in that amount of time, which I think that that would be pretty fucking that'd hard. That would be tough. Yeah. I did find 4F, actually, by the way. I'm sorry. You, no. I don't know if you want to add this in. 4F is a classification given to someone trying to join, indicating that he or she is quote, not acceptable for service in the armed forces due to medical, dental, or other reasons. Well, he's a veteran with a 4F, so he must have been able to join at some point. So maybe it was a medical reason or psychiatric reason that he was discharged. Anyways, I'm sorry. Donald Lee was incarcerated during the Sherry Joe Bates murder and other early killings that may have been the Zodiacs, and he died in 1993. So how does researcher Brooks square that? He doesn't believe the earlier killings were the Zodiac? He must not. Yeah. I would assume. I don't think there's much here. No. Yeah, I agree. As a Zodiac expert, I'm speaking as. (laughs) Well, we all are. We've done two parts on this now, and everyone listening is an expert. Very true. When you listen to us, you become experts. It's one way to look at it. We were Time Magazine's most well-researched podcast (laughs) of the year. Yeah. Well, as... I dreamt it last night. So <laughs> counts for something, right? Counts for everything. Can you imagine if we ever got nominated for like a podcast award? Maybe like the drunkies. <laughs> Just like a podcast for drunk motherfuckers. Biggest assholes. Yeah. Cancer of the Funny Bone Award. <laughs> Goes to Dave and Mike from Necronomapod. <laughs> Ian wins the potato soup award. <laughs> His soothing voice will put you to sleep. <laughs> Like a twice baked potato. <laughs> so, and then this next one, we were kind of hometown hero over here. Yeah. With this guy. Um, <laughs> which I don't, I don't love his name, Wayne. Or sorry, <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Edward Wayne Edwards. I don't love that. Was a wrestler, Eddie Edwards. Really? Yeah. It's a strange name to pick if you have the same last names. Edward Edwards. Throwing me off a little bit. Ohio area serial killer Edward Edwards, who is known to have murdered at least five victims, lived in Northern California during each of the Zodiac murders in the late 1960s and would have at the time closely matched the Zodiac's description. 
according to his daughter, there are many circumstantial hints that would imply Edwards as the Zodiac killer. According to her, she had, he had an obsession with the case, and she said that, that he would make the kids watch news reports on the Zodiac killer and would like yell at the TV, quote, that's not how it happened <laughs> during some of the reports. That's not what I did. <laughs> um, I mean, that's not what I think he did. <laughs> John Cameron claimed in a book in a book published in 2014 that the last 18 symbols of the 408 cipher decoded to quote I'm Edward E vexed IQ hath you greater than I. Okay. But again, uh, yeah, but again, now you know how I felt reading all yeah. those sentences last week. <laughs> that 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 cipher's never been solved. So I mean, the FBI has debunked most claims that people have made about that. So well, the last row, right? Is that the four hundred eight? Is yeah. the four hundred eight uh, the one that was solved, oh, except for like the last right. eighteen characters or whatever it was? Okay. So so I yeah. guess he's claiming he cracked that, cracked the last. But then there's also a lot of um, very credible people in the FBI and stuff that say that that was just a garbage cipher at the end. It's just yeah. nonsense. Uh, I don't know. This guy that wrote the book, this Cameron also noted that uh, Edwards was in Deer Lodge and was an anonymous source for an article titled, quote, Zodiac Killer Leads, published on March 21st, 1971 in the Akron Beacon Journal, found in his personal papers after he died. So this guy at least was writing in about anonymously about the zodiac i guess i'd like to know what the extent what anonymous source means as far as what information he may have provided yeah anonymous source is a broad term this one's intriguing some guy just trying to get some attention maybe yeah who knows i mean he's already an asshole we know he killed at least five people so he's already got that whole um probably wanting attention bullshit anyways yeah. I mean, there's only so many serial killers, right? So if you have another serial killer and you can place them in that area at that time, I mean, that's a bigger yeah. probability than some of these other nonsense circumstantial things. Right. This next one's super interesting to me. I, I would love to just like dive into this mm-hmm. on a bigger scale than just the Zodiac stuff. Yeah, I remember this this guy. This guy's name is Robert Ivan Nichols, also known as Joseph Newton Chandler III. He was formerly unidentified identity thief who committed suicide in Eastlake, Ohio, in July of 2002. So another hometown, uh, hometown hero. Boom, here. we're rocking the shit tonight. <laughs> yeah. After his death, investigators were unable to locate his family and discovered he had stolen the identity of an eight-year-old boy who was killed in a car crash in Texas in 1945. The lengths to which he went to hide his identity led to the speculation that he was some kind of a violent fugitive. In late 2016, U.S. Marshals Service in Cleveland, Ohio, announced that forensic genealogist Dr. Colleen Fitzpatrick of Identifiers International had compared his DNA profile to the public genetic genealogy DNA databases to determine his possible last name was Nicholas. How do you pick someone's last name? How does that work? Uh, Yeah, I guess just going down the line. Or do you pick everyone in, in a certain range and you get possible yeah. names based on those people? That's interesting. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. 
2017, Dr. Fitzpatrick, along with Dr. Margaret Press, formed a nonprofit called the DNA Doe Project and went back and revisited this case by analyzing this guy's DNA again. In March 2018, the DNA Doe Project identified the man as Robert Ivan Nichols. The U.S. Marshal Service announced this identification at a press conference in Cleveland on June 21st, 2018. They still believe that he was a fugitive of some kind, and there were a ton of theories out there of what he could have been running from, which none of them were confirmed. Some internet sleuths suggested that he could have been the Zodiac Killer because he resembled police sketches of the Zodiac and had lived in, the, in California at the time that Zodiac operated. Another theory was that he was Stephen Campbell, an engineer from Cheyenne, Wyoming, who was wanted for attempted murder. And authorities also considered that he could have been a German soldier or Nazi official from World War II who, was, who had escaped to the United States. Hmm. So I don't think he has any connection to the Zodiac killing <laughs> at all. But it's super interesting. Yeah, it's a weird story. Of like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. It's really What did he do? Yeah. Like, that's the interesting part of that story. Right. I don't think he's in any way connected to the Zodiac. And the DNA thing, like, I really, I dumbed that down. But the DNA stuff was fascinating. Like, they only pulled, I think, like, the first time they tested, they only pulled, like, the Y mm. parts of his DNA. And then they found, like, a new testing. They pulled another section like they they really dug into his dna to try and figure out who he was so it was like a 16 year mystery locally they couldn't just didn't know who this guy was yeah they determined his identity was fake but they couldn't find him yeah Yeah, it's neat and now we'll move on to probably the the most wacky one of of all of them ted kaczynski Mm. dun 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 (laughs) so most people know who Ted is, but he was arrested in 1996 for the Unabomber crimes. He was responsible for sending multiple bombs that resulted in three deaths and 23 injuries. And he was also linked to MK Ultra testing that was done while he attended Harvard University. And we'll 100% be doing an episode on him in the future because his, his case is fascinating. We talked about that on the MK Ultra episode mm-hmm. with all the fucked up shit that they did to him. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, we did. And that'll be that'll be real interesting to get into uh into real detail the MK mm-hmm. Ultra stuff that was done on him. Mike, where can folks find that MK Ultra episode? They can find that in the archives. <laughs> Whole episode on it. <laughs> So when Ted was arrested in 1996, San Francisco detectives investigated the possibility that he could also be the Zodiac killer. Uh, the new twist in the investigation was spurred by amateur sleuths who discovered the similarities between Kaczynski's profile and Zodiac's behavior. According to investigators, Ted lived in the Bay Area from 1967 to 1969 during the time that Zodiac committed at least five murders in the late, in late 68 and in the summer and fall of 1969. Also, a man similar in appearance to Ted was seen near one of those crime scenes. But what's, what's the weirdest part of the whole thing with him is that Ted Kaczynski signed a high school yearbook with the same symbol as the Zodiac logo, the cross-haired circle. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. It's very strange that he would just sign his yearbook as that. But the FBI and San Francisco police both said, no, he's not the Zodiac killer. And he, for what specific reasons? Um, just that- fingerprints and handwriting. Okay. But it's really strange that he used that logo to sign. Was there anything going on back then where people used that logo? Or 
I don't know. I didn't even know it was a thing. I thought it was something that the Zodiac Killer just kind of made up. Yeah. I didn't even know it was on like a watch face or anything like that. Mm. So, so it was on a watch. So, I mean, it was around. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's interesting. That would be wild if that was the case. You have one more that I didn't even hear of. So there's some, yeah, there's some fringe theories out there. And and one of the ones that I came across is that Donald Harden, the guy who, along with his wife, decoded the 408 cipher, that he was actually the Zodiac. That would be Hiding in plain sight. And yet he was the only one able to solve them. That's one of the things that like the, you know, the naval intelligence, all these people couldn't crack this cipher, but this guy, this random, random teacher did. Yeah, because if he made the site for himself, he would obviously be able to crack it. Yeah, <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> then he could have said like, "Oh, yeah, but there's a string at the end that I can't figure out." Exactly. So, dot dot dot. Here, so here's some interesting facts I'll give you guys from from my research here. So remember when the Zodiac called into the the Jim Dunbar show and he offered to meet Melvin Bly? He uh, he offered to meet him at six seven two six Mission Street. Mm-hmm. Well, Harden's phone number at the time ended in six seven two six. What are the odds? That's a it's a pretty big coincidence. That Damn. Is. The crosshair symbol in the four hundred eight cipher stood for D D for Donald. Uh, We're getting closer here now. Yep. All right. We found our guy. Future Case Zodiac closed. letters. I'm sorry, what? I said case closed. (laughs) I don't even need to go on. I think we... See you guys next week. Future Zodiac letters never mentioned Harden, even though he cracked the initial code. Like, don't you think Zodiac Mm. might have been pissed off at the guy, but yet he never, you know, said anything about him? Hmm. That's That's an interesting... Yeah, that's an interesting point. That's interesting. You figure the way those rambling letters and and all the stuff he said he would Oh, we are aware of those rambling letters. (laughs) Maybe you could remind folks about those letters and, and read all of them again real quick. Boy, they could check them out in the archives. Zodiac <laughs> the archives. Part 1. <laughs> Go back one week. <laughs> okay, then you have this, the obligatory handwriting analysis. Uh, somebody did an analysis and they look similar. So, <laughs> that so was they like, okay, similar. some guy, some handwriting <laughs> analyst. I like this whole idea of just saying that you are something. Yeah, I'm going to start doing. I'm like, I'm a researcher because technically, I I am. I think at this point, you actually are a researcher. I'm just going to start going on TV shows. So then, like, researcher. (laughs) That'll be our YouTube videos that we talk about. Yeah, researcher. (laughs) So the Zodiac said that in that 408 cipher, his identity would be in. You know, would be uh, made public when they decoded it. What if solving it was what he meant? Because Donald solved the cipher, so now uh, we know his name, and so it actually the four hundred eight cipher is it. gave everyone his identity. Wow, that's that not bad. Tricky, huh? That's not bad. And there's several other odd coincidences. I couldn't go into all of them, but the last one I want to mention is that somebody wrote a confession in a copy of Graysmith's book in the Salinas Library and signed it Betty Harden, which is very strange. Weird. Hmm. That's where those guys were from, Salinas. Yeah. I mean, I, I think anyone could sign Betty Harden's name. And <laughs> but that's just weird. It'd be pretty funny. Her. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, some weird things to think about. Yeah. That's strange. That would be a master stroke if that turned out to be true. Yeah. What happened to them? Do we know? Uh, I think they're dead. Yeah. All right. That would be crazy. Yeah, that'd be something else. Genius level. I got a harden just thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Was it my voice or was it the source material? Just how exciting that would be if that was actually them. God. Yeah, that, that would be crazy. There's some interesting coincidences with I that. Know. There's more, too. I couldn't hmm. go into all of them, but it's pretty wild. So Ian, what, are your, yeah. what are your thoughts? You know, let me give you go one ahead. last one. If you go into the decoded 408 cipher, uh-huh. there's you can string a, a uh, like letters together. You know, they're not right next to each other, but like diagonally, and it spells out like Donald, Harden, Teacher, Salinas. Like all those words are in there, really enough to like to, to do a straight line to them. Wow! In little clusters. I thought that was weird. God damn, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe we should write a book on this. And then just be experts on that. <laughs> the it's interesting. I, I like this one. So who do you guys think? Who's the... No. This Harden one kind of blew my mind a little bit. It just... It is baffling. And I've been thinking about that since last week's episode. It's baffling that just two school teachers randomly figure this out. Nobody else could do it. These two could. And now you stack up some of that evidence. Like that, that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Prior to that, I was Lawrence Kane. That's what I'm leaning towards. Because it's two different geographic areas connected by eyewitness accounts at, at both. Yeah. Right. That goes a long way, I think. And he looks just like the the composite sketches. But this Harden thing is fascinating. Yeah. That's that's the curveball for sure. Yeah. Cause, but so are we all thinking Lawrence <clears throat> Kane? Is that all we were kind of leaning towards? Or were, Dave, what were you? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, based on this, I think based on what we talked about today, I think he has to be. I don't yeah. think any of these other ones are even remotely plausible. I, I no. thought the Earl, what's his name? Lee, Arthur, Arthur Allen. Allen. Yeah. Based on the movie, I'm like, oh, God damn, I did it. <laughs> but now when you start going through all this, you're like, yeah, half that wasn't even real. Yeah, they just yeah. made it all up. Yeah. So Lawrence Kane seems the most plausible to me at this point. Yeah. But that, that the Harden thing is real interesting. Ian might be doing a deep dive here in a minute. Yeah, that's cool. We're going to be doing a bonus episode on the Hardens here in a couple of weeks. A follow up. It's just wild that there's something like, is this? So the torso murders and this are the, are the the two that we've talked about that haven't been solved, right? Right, yeah. And I guess torso murders were so long ago, like there wasn't, you can't have the conversation yeah. of who potentially could have done it. Yeah. This one's interesting. I mean, we're given more questions and we are answers yeah. here today oh, for you sure. want to think you're going to eventually figure this out like you know they just solved the golden state killer after all those years but there was just a lot more physical evidence in that case that just doesn't exist i think in this one so yeah. i don't know that you're ever going to get a resolution of this i don't think the, it's very unlikely yeah. I think. you might not get a resolution but you can get a zodiac necronomapod shirt on amazon.com right now are those available now mike <laughs> right now <laughs> Go to Amazon.com, search Necronomapod. We have brand new Zodiac t-shirts that are badass. People are loving them. They really are fucking cool shirts. Plus, we got the Mr. Mugs back up there. We got the logo t-shirt and the abduction one. and uh, Even a hoodie. And they're available in hoodie style. Which, are they all, or is it just the... Uh, just the Zodiac. The Zodiac right. right now. The Zodiac right now is available in t-shirt. And that comes men's and women. All t-shirts you can get in men and women's. There's multiple color selections for each. The Zodiac is available in t-shirt, long sleeve, premium tee, and hoodie. And then you can get your your um, other shirts in uh, t-shirt, men's or women's style. And, and, and long sleeve. And long sleeve. 
and we'll we'll add more too as we are able to. But currently available, go to Amazon.com uh, and search Necronomapod. The um, links are also on our uh, socials. That was a cheap plug. I just snuck in there when you. Well done. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> I loved it. That's how you do it. Ian, you got anything else on Zodiac? We're wrapping up two weeks here. Nothing. Nothing more. You're probably sick and tired of this. You've done a lot of My, research. I fully admit my mind has been on the next subject. Yeah. I feel bad. We're going to have a little fun with the next one. This, this The last two weeks, we haven't had as much fun. Yeah. Because it's, one, it's, well, it's terrible murders. Two, we don't know who it is, so we can't rag on that person. Yeah, right. I think we're going to make up for it in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Hopefully it didn't come off like I've been checked out, but I have 100% been checked out. <laughs> Onto the next subject. Well, Mitch just now. right there. He's like gone. <laughs> Clean bill of health. He's two weeks ahead of us. All right. Well, so he's clearly got nothing else on Zodiac. He hasn't had anything on him in three weeks. Dave, you got anything else on Zodiac? No, I do have one follow up from last week when we were talking about the blue meanies reference in the Zodiac's letters. Yes. I was oh. informed by a friend of mine that's a reference to the antagonist in the Beatles' Yellow Submarine. Mm. Talking I did not about know police, that. though? Because wasn't he re- referencing police? Yeah, I think so. And I guess so that's where that term originated, Blue okay. Meanie. Well, that makes sense. Hmm. So, thanks for the update. All right, couple shout-outs today for uh, new patrons. Thank you very much to Chloe Humphreys, Dakota Schaefer, and Sarah Snyder. We appreciate you guys signing up for uh, Patreon. Hope we don't let you guys down. We're going to have uh, bonus episodes. Uh, we just had Art Bell come out this past uh, Thursday for Halloween. Three episodes a month. Well worth that $5. Well worth it. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. So uh, thank you, Chloe, Dakota, and Sarah. We appreciate the uh, the support. Ian, what do you got for us? For iTunes, I have one for Chloe Michaela. Um, iTunes, had, I've, like I said last week, I keep seeing five-star ones pop up. But like then I saw this written one from her pop like come up way after so i wonder if there's something wrong with how like they're like Mm. behind so if we missed you we'll get to you eventually Um, it just might not have popped up yet yeah but yeah chloe michaela and she also says that a hot dog is a sandwich Uh i i I agree so we're bringing this argument back (laughs) a hot dog's a fucking sandwich what was the other version though i can't remember what the argument was that it's not a sandwich but then what would it be that's just what I ask just them. A hot dog. That's what I ask them. It would be a I've had someone sausage. once try telling me it's a taco because it's no, it's on absurd. like a, it's it's not it's not cut through. It's on like a bun, you know, sideways. And I was like, well, then by that standard, Subway and Jimmy John's are taco places because they that's how their buns are. Yeah. All right. So get the fuck out of here with that taco talk. Although a taco, a hot dog <laughs> taco, does sound pretty good. Count me in on that. Anyways. You gotta get up pretty early in the morning to beat Mike, and this is his area of expertise here. It's true. Yeah. When it comes to hot dogs, I'm the man. <laughs> Dave, what shout outs you got? Uh, from Twitter, Josh Hall. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We are on all the socials at Necronomapod. As I said earlier, merchandise is all up on Amazon. We got all kinds of tees and hoodies and long sleeves and all the fun stuff. 
Go to Amazon, search Necronomapod, or check us out. The links are posted on our socials. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Necronomapod. Let us know your feedback, any thoughts you guys might have, any reviews you might have. You can call Ian a potato, Dave and I cancer, whatever you want to do. <laughs> some of the best ones, um, but we love hearing from you guys. So um, reach out to us. Thanks a lot for listening. Are you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.